Well, once again, Collingwood has got into the top 10 in terms of being recognized as great communities for entrepreneurship. Joining us in the studio to talk about that and much more is Martin Ridlow, Director of Marketing and Business Development in Collingwood for the town of Collingwood. Martin, welcome and congratulations on once again, uh, you know, it's part of your job is to make sure we're recognized this way. And, and my goodness, we are again. Absolutely. Well, thank you, John. And really, the congratulations have to go out to the business community, not only in Collingwood, but in all of South Georgian Bay. About 40% of the workforce here in Collingwood actually comes from the broader South Georgian Bay area. So um, we need to recognize the importance of the economic uh, region that we've got here. That said, the numbers are obviously showcasing what Collingwood specifically has been able to deliver on. And that is certainly a tribute to the hard work of many, many business leaders employees and uh, supporting organizations. One of the organizations that's recognizing Collingwood as being a great place to do business is the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Joining us is Vice President and Chief Economist Ted Mallett. Ted, uh, well, I guess I should say thanks for uh, recognizing us as being a a good town. Well, it's a real pleasure. Uh, CFIB has been representing small, mid-sized businesses for close to 50 years now. And uh, really what we wanted to do was was find a, a mechanism that we could take a look at what What's going right in various communities? Uh, it's not just about lobbying federal and provincial governments on, on some of the bigger issues, but uh, most businesses are, are dealing with local communities, uh, local governments, local policies, and we wanted to see where things were working and where things were not uh, across the country, and this was one method to do that, and we're happy to see that uh, Collingwood was, uh, was, was finishing once again in the top ten. Briefly, and I know there's a ton of metrics that go into how you decide who makes your top 10, but what is it that made, what are some of the things that have made Collingwood the top 10 in Canada? Well, we look at a broad range of indicators, uh, not so much uh, because of of the indicators themselves, but we've 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 combed the universe for any kinds of indicators that okay. had to do with 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 entrepreneurship, business growth, uh, uh, health of the business community, and so on. There aren't there aren't that many, uh, so we've we've pulled together sources from StatCan. Uh, we've uh, pulled together information that we collect ourselves from surveys of, of business owner members, uh, as well as look at some of the policy issues that are out there that are easily uh, compared. So we've got 125 cities across Canada in this uh, in this metric. And uh, what we found is that uh, Collingwood does well in what we call the uh, uh, the present indicators. Uh, that is, uh, you know, if 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 a local area has a really thriving small business community, well, one sign is that, well, gee, there's got to be a lot of them. Uh, well, Collingwood has a lot of small businesses, uh, both the in terms of the number of people who own and operate their small firm, the self-employed, uh, as a percentage of the population is very high in Collingwood, uh, as well as the number of business establishments per capita. Now, there's a slight difference in establishments and businesses. Establishment can be uh, a small branch of a large enterprise, okay. like a, a, a bank or or a, a, a fast food, store. a chain store, whatever. Uh, but it's still a sign that there's there's a healthy amount of business going on in in the community. And Collingwood does very well in both of those uh, uh, both of those areas, as well as a pretty good indicator of business growth. Uh, you know, the growth and number of establishments per capita is uh, is is doing quite well in this area. So that's uh, that's really the primary driver of uh, of Collingwood is that they've just got lots and lots of uh, business owners, and it's it seems to be a good place to do business for a wide variety of of uh, business types. 
Uh, you mentioned a wide variety of business types. Are there any business types that are more specifically better for Collingwood or doing better for Collingwood? Well, one of the other indicators we look at are uh, the number of businesses that have to do with the the information and the cultural and recreation sectors. Uh, and uh, information sector like a radio station, uh, right. what we're on right now, that is so important, has been proven to be so, so important to entrepreneurship development because it gets people to interact. So if there's local news, there's local radio, there's local uh, television if possible, um, as well as good cultural events, chances for people to mingle and inter- interact with each other because uh, the the evidence is that if you get sort of uh, business owners or maybe people who are thinking about uh, setting up businesses, talking with other people more often, then that will, and and they're interacting with people in people that not necessarily in their own neighborhoods. Uh, uh, So, you know, they'll they'll talk to somebody new and they'll see what they do and uh, they think, and this person says, gee, I could really use someone uh, uh, who could do this uh, for me because it would be so much beneficial. And, you know, you think, well, I could do that sort of thing or I know someone who could do that. And so that's the sort of interaction that takes place. Uh, There's a famous story that uh, I think it's true, but uh, it's been said that uh, Henry Ford got his ideas for the for the uh, automotive production line from the meatpacking industry because that's how it was set up in, in Chicago the and uh, the Midwest, the assembly line. Uh, and uh, so the more you have those kind of aha moments where you know, one business owner talks to another and says, well, I can see if I run my business the way that this person in a completely different industry is running theirs, then maybe I'll be able to make something of it. And, uh, and and flourish because of that. So that, that's where we, we think that the interaction makes a great deal of difference. So it's, and it's not just the, the media industry in the local community, but it's also restaurants, uh, coffee shops, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, you know, the, the parkways and, and walkways of, of the community. So getting people out there, uh, events and so on, is, is so important. So, and we see that Collingwood is one of the highest levels of, of the sort of the information and cultural sector per capita, uh, or a percentage of the number of businesses uh, in this area, they, they actually come very close to what the big cities have. So uh, you can understand that the, the media industry is really heavily centered in Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver. Uh, no, no surprise there. So that's, they, they get the highest scores in that, that category. But, you know, Collingwood is almost that high uh, and considerably more kind of media-focused, uh, information-focused than other small cities uh, of, of its size uh, around the country. So that's another uh, thing that we, we tend to find here. Question, Ted. Uh, I certainly noticed that those big cities have a, a higher score than we do. Understandable, you just got so much more energy there. But smaller places like Coburg and Squamish uh, actually do better than we do. What is it that they're doing that we can learn from? Well, that's the million-dollar question. I think uh, you can only ask these questions and, and uh, take a look at these communities because so much depends on just the uh, the secret sauce of, of a couple of individuals, perhaps, that have, have uh, uh, made a certain type of business go for it. Uh, and we also have to recognize that uh, the, these are stats that come from, uh, you know, the, 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 the federal government, StatsCan, 
uh, some of these numbers do pop around from year to year, uh, right. either high or low. So there, there can be some some variations uh, here and there. Uh, Squamish is just, uh, you know, an hour outside Vancouver. It, it seems to be – it's halfway between Vancouver and, and Whistler. So what a great place in terms of uh, passing through. There's a mm. lot of new development taking place, uh, people fleeing the high prices of, of Vancouver and setting up in, in places where it may be uh, cheaper to – uh, to operate, so that may be one area. Coburg is is probably about the same distance Collingwood is from Toronto, but in the other direction. Uh, so you know, we we see a lot of uh, this kind of invention by necessity, uh, where where businesses uh, tend to like to start up where costs are a little more reasonable, and right. it's another reason why we also find that when we split up the the big cities like the Montreals, Torontos, and Vancouver's even Calgary and Edmonton, uh, into the, the city core and then the peripheral communities around it. Uh, small business development, entrepreneurship uh, uh, tends to be much better, much higher in those suburban fringes. So you get the benefits of the high market or the, the strong uh, local markets or population and so on, but you get considerably lower costs. And we also find that the property taxes tend to be more reasonable in most of those uh, communities as well. So uh, the the big cities often kind of take small businesses for granted, and they believe that, uh, well, businesses are there to uh, uh, you know for a tax base, and we can we can spend that money and you know develop all kinds of uh, different amenities and so on. Uh, but in in many cases, we've we've seen cities go past the point of of what's reasonable. Uh, Vancouver uh, businesses pay you know more than four times uh, what this what similarly priced residential properties pay uh, in property tax, uh, municipal property tax. Uh, Toronto, it's not as bad; it's around two and a half times. Uh, uh, Montreal is pretty bad; it's near four times as well. Uh, Collingwood is actually one of the best communities in 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 that front. Uh, it's only twenty five percent more. Uh, so, if uh, if a pro- if you have two properties, a business property and a residential property, they're both priced exactly the same. Uh, the business property will be paying twenty five percent more in municipal taxes. Now, what's the real killer? Uh, and this is not something that the, uh, the, the 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 city or the town can do. But is the education tax load on businesses is terrible in Ontario? Uh, the businesses pay about uh, six times, six to seven times more education property tax uh, than residential properties for the same value of property. Uh, and that's that's completely up to the provincial government. Uh, they're, they're the ones who set those rules. has uh, nothing to do with the uh, the community and how the school board is set. all of the towns across Ontario. Absolutely. So that's why Ontario cities don't tend to do as well mm. on this score uh, than, uh, than other communities. So, for example, Quebec. Uh, there's a perfect one-to-one relationship between education taxes and, and businesses right. uh, and residents. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador doesn't have any education tax, uh, so there's, it's, it's not even counted in, in, in that sense. Uh, Nova Scotia, I believe there's only about a, a 5 or 10% difference, so it's, it's fairly close. Um, uh, so we, we tend to find uh, it's terrible in Ontario, and it's, it's not so great in, in Alberta and B.C. as well. So those are elements that we, we take a look at. And as a lobby group, CFIB is, is there out to uh, look, look after the interests of small business owners. And we've been uh, you know, battling with provincial governments for a couple of decades now trying to get uh, them to give some relief on the, the education tax side. What we've noticed uh, in this area, that uh, it, it was only in the past three or four years that 
Collingwood was added to our list of, of communities. And that's because it was growing to be large enough that StatCan uh, was able to call it a, a census agglomeration, which okay. is a technical term for it. Uh, and, you know, it had very good uh, indicators right from the very beginning. But we've we've noticed that the whole region is growing and that uh, the latest iteration has now Wasaga Beach right next door as, uh, as, as a community. For the first time, we've got this information to be able to measure uh, uh, going on. So we'll be able to see uh, success in Collingwood would likely also breed some success with uh, neighboring communities. Wasaga Beach is probably going to be lifted up uh, with any success that uh, Collingwood have. Uh, because we've, we've already seen, I mean, Owen Sound has been uh, in our indicators for the past 10 years, right. uh, fairly middling performance and so on. But lately, we've seen it actually rise quite, uh, quite strongly. Uh, and we think that's largely because of the, the whole region is now thinking is more about this. Is that a common occurrence where, you know, one, one municipality or one town or one city starts to, to get better numbers and then the surrounding area starts falling in place? Well, I think uh, it's, it's quite likely happening that way because uh, there are, uh, I mean, the reason we've seen such, uh, you know, good, strong growth in the professional aspect of, of Collingwood is that uh, it's, it's only two hours from Toronto and, and you've, you've got that talent pool of people and just the sheer numbers of people that uh, are looking for uh, nice places to live, nice places to do business, but still interact with their their, their marketplace uh, further south. So, um, uh, Collingwood's benefited from that, and in turn, other communities near Collingwood are probably going to be benefiting from uh, those kind of forces as well. So, you know, it, it's not just about what happens within the city borders or the municipal borders. Uh, it, the the ecosystem of, of entrepreneurship uh, is more than. Uh, just an administrative uh, boundary. It, it's it's a whole region, and that uh, as long as people can can do business easily uh, between regions and so on, then the better off they are. Uh, we're we're fighting hard at at a slightly at a much larger scale, trying to get uh, provinces in this country to reduce the barriers to businesses doing business across provincial boundaries. There seems to be this mindset that uh, uh, we have to protect our local uh, uh, businesses or we we have special needs for uh, uh, health and safety or whatever these uh, areas are. So, um, you know, when you have uh, trucking firms that have to uh, carry first aid kits uh, across boundaries, but they've got to change them out every time they go from Manitoba to Saskatchewan because there are different rules associated with uh, these things. Uh, the signage on trucks, uh, and, and what about things like uh, uh, apprenticeship uh, requirements and all these kinds of uh, labor regulations that, that can be real problematic for uh, for people doing business across provincial boundaries. Let's make sure let's make sure we don't have any of these kind of boundary issues at the local level because you need that kind of free flow of people um, uh, you know between communities uh, with uh, uh, with their customers uh, in you know broad parts of the province uh, and you'll have more success if you see this as a sort of a broader economic community as a than as a, a small city focused uh, you know let's only really care about what happens within uh, within our boundaries as an economist how do you see Collingwood's future we've gone through tons of changes back in the 80s it was the shipyards even at the end of the the shipyard run industry was still a, a big deal and over the last 20 years it's 
been eroding incredibly. And there hasn't been a lot, anything to come and replace that, except the growth of small business. From an economic standpoint, can a town like Collingwood or a region like South Georgian Bay survive and grow being a small business capital? Absolutely. I think there's uh, uh, there are plenty of cases where we've seen, uh, uh, I mean, Collingwood has never, never been a one-industry town, but there have been one-industry towns that have fallen on hard times, uh, maybe in, in northern parts, some more resource uh, sector uh, regions. And, uh, you know, they've had to deeply search what, uh, you know, what's in it for the community. Why Why does this community exist? And, and uh, when the major driver perhaps is gone, uh, it has to be, there has to be some creative thinking that goes on amongst the business owners and, and uh, the public to, to see what, what makes sense. Um, it's, no government can actually will a town into existence. Right. Uh, or you, know, you can't look at this field and say, well, I think this is a great place for a um, you know, NBA franchise, and, and you know, we'll eventually we'll we'll get a hockey team, and, right. and you know, we'll we'll have a big city right here. Well, the the only reason cities actually start uh, is because there is an economic interest for people to locate. You know, it, whether it's a a decent harbor, whether a it's mill a mill back in the day. Uh, well, the the mill has to be there because yeah. there's uh, land nearby that needed. Uh, well, maybe there's a, a river that yeah. uh, uh, power, powers the mill, or perhaps it's a mill that uh, uh, grinds grain. There's got to be um, you know a agricultural, uh, uh, good agricultural land nearby in order to to process and a place to take it eventually once it's been processed to right. uh, you know major markets and so on. So. Um, People set up these these uh, mills uh, uh, or or whatever. Uh, people who want to work at these places, they think, well, I'd I'd like to live nearby, so I don't have too much of a commute. Uh, so they they build houses close by, and lo and behold, you've got a community uh, there. So um, you know, there's uh, all kinds of reasons for that. So when when there's a major change, uh, like Collingwood has gone through the past. Uh, uh, 10, 20 years, uh, then you have to look at, you know, what are the other factors out there? And clearly, the, you know, there's, there's a very strong recreational factor uh, here in Collingwood. Uh, lifestyle is uh, very good. Uh, it's a four-season community, which is uh, fantastic. So you've, you've got a whole new uh, group of people thinking, uh, well, this is, this is the, the, the amenities here are quite strong. There's already a city here with, uh, with houses and so on. Um, so, you know, you know, I'm going to start up a small uh, construction firm, uh, and or, or an auto repair shop, or or whatever. And there's lo and behold, there's a market uh, for that for that sort of thing. So, um, but again, it takes the individual creativities of 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 people themselves as opposed to a grand vision uh, of uh, you know from from the government. So they can only facilitate the good ideas that come from uh, the business owners. And uh, you know, there's going to be a Probably a rapid turnover in, uh, you know, not every business idea survives. Uh, uh, you know, only only fifty percent of businesses that start up actually last five years mm. uh, or longer, and uh, so it it's very much a uh, uh, do or die situation. It's the business owners themselves, the entrepreneurs, that bear the the cost of this. It's not so much the community that, that deals with it. So. Uh, you know the, the the fact that you've got a thriving community here uh, also means that you know you probably had a lot of people tried to start up businesses that that didn't make it and they ended up out of pocket for uh, for a good amount of uh, uh, money perhaps um, but you know the the fact that 
more than usual perhaps succeeded means that uh, that's that's why the community has has grown so far it's interesting that you talk about the mill and the harbor right from if you will the industrial age what we've seen here and heard from a lot of entrepreneurs is things like you got really good high-speed internet here um and it's somewhat by luck that we've got it because it's a place where we've got some fiber optic that comes in over here there were a number of companies that said we wanted and then ben bell five came in here and installed to about 95% of the neighborhoods so that those entrepreneurs working from home can have easy access to the internet. So we did a study a year and a half ago, found out that we actually rank among the top communities in Ontario when it comes to high-speed internet. That includes all communities, large and small. Um, so that was something that we found out that we've seen a lot of entrepreneurs go, great, that's a check mark for me. The other thing that's interesting is um, several years ago, the BI worked with the planning department to make sure that all banks were, could only be located in the downtown area. Um, and once again, what we've heard from entrepreneurs is that's create a collection point where I, where I can go downtown and I can do all my banking right there. And then lo and behold, we then have the downtown business development center that provides them with additional services. If they need to get to, uh, permits, they walk a block, they can go to the planning uh, and building uh, department. So that collection of services in one area versus what you'll get in a big city where you have to go driving left, right and center trying to figure things out. Is something else that we've seen a lot of entrepreneurs go, well, that's a check mark for me because I don't need to spend all this time traveling around. I can get all my stuff done going downtown and taken care of in the space of an afternoon. Um, you know, we like to call it in the business development center, you know, all your business needs under one roof. But it really has been something that entrepreneurs have echoed back to us saying, it's tight and it's close. And by the way, and interestingly that you mentioned this, you've got a lot of the amenities I'd find a city, right? We've got all of the major banks represented here. Uh, you've got lawyers, accountants, and so on. So that at least for the basic stuff that your business needs to get up and running, it's right here in downtown Collingwood. Um, so I think keeping those as important hallmarks of success um, is something that I'm really taking away from what you just said. Well, I think that's very true. The the, uh, the the challenge of keeping downtowns vibrant has been something that uh, small city, small town uh, Canada has has often had difficulties with because uh, there have been you know tremendous movements in the way that basically the economy has has uh, developed. Uh, we have instead of local insurance companies uh, instead of local, uh, uh, well, to some degree, uh, lawyers, uh, service businesses, and, and accountants, and so on. Uh, more and more of these services are being supplied by uh, outside uh, or very large enterprises uh, located in the major cities. Uh, maybe there's a, uh, you know, a branch in, in, in the community and so on. Uh, the retail sector has, has undergone tremendous uh, changes and is really tough now for a small uh, independent business owner to be uh, running retail because if they're trying to compete with the uh, the big box uh, outlets, uh, internet shopping and internet shopping as well, uh, then you know it it it's tough for them. So downtowns themselves have had to transform from uh, perhaps there's less reliance on on retail, more reliance on. Uh, food, restaurants, uh, uh, those kind of lifestyle things. So, and that that demands creativity. It demands uh, a little bit of fortitude to, because uh, uh, it is a risky industry uh, in 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 that. Uh, but the the cities that have been able to to do well have been able to maintain that kind of character and uh, what draws people to that area instead of instead of uh, uh, malls further out that that are are 
more price, more dealing with the price conscious as opposed to the quality, mm-hmm. uh, quality of life conscious people. Some of these jobs, uh, small business jobs, many of them, especially in the retail sector and you know, food services, they're not high paying jobs. But we live in a community where housing costs are going up. Could this be something that could be frightening for us down the line? Well, that's that's the what entrepreneurs and business owners have to deal with all the time. Uh, what's what many people don't don't really realize is that if you're looking at a, a high wage or a low wage industry, uh, it's also low earnings for the people running right. that particular business. Uh, and we find that uh, we we do have a stat in our our indicator in terms of what is the median earnings for an employer incorporated employer in in the community and in Collingwood it's it's on the low side it's it's only about $41,000 i believe uh, uh per year for for an incorporated employer people wow. who employ other people the boss, the and that's exactly so um you know th- that's fairly modest and we also uh, you you indicated that there was uh, uh, perhaps less of a focus on young entrepreneurs uh, in the community and you know there uh, so that the the Although there's a lot of people who run businesses in in Collingwood, it's a little more skewed towards the older side. I mean, it's not it's not uh, you know all the way over. Right. Uh, it, uh, so there, there'd be concern if you had too many young people starting businesses or or only the old right. uh, older uh, set. Uh, Collingwood's kind of in the middle, but maybe just a little push towards the older side, and that's probably not a surprise because uh, uh, again the location uh, very close to Toronto, hour and a half, two hours uh, away. Uh, you have professionals who have perhaps uh, uh, worked or, or developed their uh, careers uh, in the big city, and now they're looking for something uh, to do that uh, was either either related to what they, you know, maybe they're setting up a small law office or uh, a, a, a smaller accounting office after being an employee of a, a larger enterprise uh, uh, further south. Um, so we have a lot of people maybe trying that sort of thing out uh, on on that kind of basis. Ted, can you just talk a little bit more about the median uh, earnings um, benchmark criteria? Because you're absolutely right. You know, Collingwood sits at 40,000. I take a look at Thunder Bay um, at uh, 49,000. Timmins at 59,000. That's significantly higher than Collingwood. What's driving that difference in, is it the kinds of sectors that they're focusing on for entrepreneurship? Um, I take a look at Kitchener-Waterloo. They're sitting at 47000 and they're sort of the haven for the tech industry that people go, oh, that's a high-earning one. You get tons of money out of that. Um, my observation is you get that on the payout. You're still working pretty hard for a minimum uh, <laughs> dollars. But what's driving that discrepancy in towns where I go, that's surprising, like a Thunder Bay. I wouldn't expect it to be that much higher than Collingwood. Well, sometimes resource uh, towns have uh, uh, engineering requirements, uh, uh, specialty construction, uh, and if you have a uh, one or two large uh, customers for these these uh, uh, small, small services, businesses, right. small businesses, then uh, they're paying a premium for that because there's it's, it's the only game in town. If right. you want specialized engineering services, so one big lumber uh, company could employ or contract a number of small businesses. They're all going to do extremely well. That's right. Uh, so, so that's probably what's happening in in that case. Uh, uh, if you get a a more diffuse set of businesses, uh, and maybe speaking of, of say Kitchener Waterloo, sure. where yes, there is a segment of the population that 
uh, is doing very well, or perhaps they'll do well once they, if they're able to cash out. Uh, <laughs> the way technology moves uh, these days, there's 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 no guarantee of of that sort of thing. Uh, but um, there's also a lot of other people who are starting up uh, uh, businesses. Generally, we find that the, the businesses that are easiest to start up are the toughest to keep going right. because you've got so much more competition. Uh, and uh, so, so if if I pick up a hammer. Uh, this afternoon, I can call myself a carpenter and and uh, say, "Hey, I'm in business. Uh, am I going to make a good living at that? Uh, I'm going to have to work really hard, uh, to, uh, long hours, uh, to be able to do that and develop a uh, clientele uh, and so on, and probably with uh, uh, fairly modest income uh, over the uh, uh, over the short term. If I've got a particular skill that uh, is is uh, maybe I need a certification for it, for example, uh, whether it's plumbing, electrical, uh, accounting, uh, legal, and so on, then maybe I could do better uh, in that sense. But uh, all depends on how many others are thinking the same, right. uh, the same thing. So, uh, you know, that's, that's why some cities seem to have uh, uh, higher earnings than others. But uh, there are some cities that have fairly low earnings, uh, even compared to, uh, to Collingwood's. And, you know, those, those are the kind of challenges. And we hope that uh, they're able to uh, uh, develop incomes because if if they don't have high enough incomes themselves, then chances are they don't have the resources to be able to expand, uh, even if uh, the customer base is is uh, fairly willing. So uh, those are the things that we take a look at, and that's one of the reasons why we put it we put this indicator into the. Uh, uh, the matrix is just to get people talking about that and just to remind them that, uh, hey, just because you own a business doesn't mean that uh, you're, you're automatically uh, uh, set for life and have a gold-plated plated driveway or anything like that. We've mentioned Kitchener-Waterloo. Um, Collingwood is sort of on the verge of, of becoming a high-tech or a digital center. Is that wise to, to focus on that or look at that as an area of growth? When we talk about how, you know, initially low paying it can be and, and how much of a chance you're running on that. Well, I think uh, uh, Collingwood's done very well in, in making sure that it's got the digital infrastructure to be able to uh, offer uh, services to businesses. And it's not just businesses in those sectors, you know, a digital business right. uh, and so on, but it, it's – the other forms of uh, enterprises, uh, some of the large or medium-sized employers may find, oh, fantastic. Now we've got reliable internet access, uh, high speed, that we can, we can run meetings, we can uh, 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 do client presentations and, and, and so on in real time uh, uh, around the world without having to uh, worry about uh, uh, downtime or, or, or glitches here and there. So it, it's tremendously improved the uh, ability of certain traditional businesses to be able to operate. And uh, anyway, I'm hoping that uh, we can we can push high speed internet out towards Meaford because uh, uh, that would you know I'm 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 making do with uh, uh, five megabytes per second. So it's uh, it, it's it, it's okay for most purposes. But uh, in terms of running a a uh, 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 multinational business, well, we'll need it to be a little faster yeah, than that. Absolutely. Uh, I do think that that's one of the benefits that Collingwood has, at least in South Georgian Bay, is unlike the other municipalities around us, we do have the privilege of having this uh, high-speed broadband coming in here. Uh, and like you said, 
I sincerely hope that the other municipalities can latch on to some of the federal and provincial funding that's being released to try and get more broadband to the rural communities. We've got a bustling um, agricultural tech sector that's actually developing between here and Owen Sound. And once again, their biggest hindrance is implementing those technical innovations on their farms because of lack of internet access. Um, So that is certainly an important piece of what uh, infrastructure we need to continue attracting entrepreneurs and growing those businesses. Um, It's interesting what you mentioned around those businesses that are easiest to start are also the toughest to keep going. Um, At the Business Development Center, as we take a look at our next five-year plan, one of the things that we want to continue uh, encouraging more and more is helping companies find Uh, ownable intellectual property Um, or at least trademarking um, not only their logos but their processes, uh, some fundamental organizational services that they provide that are ownable to them so that they have something more than just the assets that come through from cash flow. Um, So we're looking at do we need to change the way that our business center operates, the actual infrastructure within it to allow for more IP development. So if we take a look at Communitech down in Kitchener-Waterloo, they've got a whole lab they've set up so people can co-work there. They can actually get extra tools in there so they can continue working on things um, while they're looking around and drawing on those networks around them. So that's certainly something that we see as a huge opportunity here. Um, we've also seen a number of engineering companies have a lot of success here, and that's certainly through this techhubnorth.ca um, portal that we've launched that illustrates the success of some of these companies that we're hoping others are going to see that. And we've got a number of engineering companies, Greenland, Crozier, and so on, that I believe are members of CFIB that have reaped the benefits of owning a very specific niche and growing from there and actually employing dozens and dozens of people five years, ten years, after they started as solopreneurs, if you will. So uh, it's interesting to hear that guidance. Uh, I think it's important for companies that are starting up right now to know that it takes a couple of years. They got to stay the course, but trying to find that IP, finding those trademarkable items that can give them some more ownership is absolutely critical to the longer term success and being able to command a higher salary. If you are thinking about starting a business, if you're starting to open retailers, any kind of small business, does it make sense to go to one of the towns in the top 10? Or are they now going to be oversaturated? Maybe you need to branch out to somewhere else. Well, we have members in all of the 125 cities sure. and more across the country. So we're, we're never going to say that... Uh, don't go there. Don't go uh, <laughs> to some of these other areas because uh, uh, they, they certainly do have... Uh, a, a lot of work going on trying to 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 uh, improve the business culture and improve uh, 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 you know the, the the prospects for startups to be able to succeed and, and grow uh, and so on and uh, there even though a city may be fairly far down the list uh, it doesn't mean that there aren't very successful businesses in that particular city or so, opportunities there. or opportunities so you know we uh, the, the reason we put this kind of indicator together is to get people talking mm. about it. And anytime you have a list, you'll always have a top of the list and always have a bottom of the list. Right. So that's unavoidable uh, from this. But, uh, you know, what are the elements of of strength, you know, uh, for a particular city? Uh, or what are the elements of weakness? Uh, you know, if if a city isn't doing well and has a terrible property tax system, uh, you know, very uh, – uh, problematic for for businesses. It's very expensive. They don't get 
nearly the back the number of services they get for what they pay, right. then that's that's something that local governments should really uh, so take a look that. at. And they can fix that. It's yeah. within their their, uh, their power to be able to do that uh, very easily. Um, if it's not doing well, but, uh, you know, there's – uh, there are a large number of entrepreneurs, a large number of self-employed people, but just that the the local marketplace has has sunk. I mean, the uh, what happened in Alberta, for example, in 2015, right. when oil prices just uh, went through the floor, uh, and businesses were just not used to dealing with that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, lots of skilled people, lots of thriving businesses, um, a very high number of, of entrepreneurs, uh, but the market just died on them. Uh, so. Um, that can come back gradually. You know, you hope that uh, you, you don't want to uh, uh, be totally dependent on, you know, the price of a single commodity. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, Alberta is still going through the uh, – communities in Alberta are still going through that that kind of uh, adjustment process. And uh, they're going to be different for it uh, in the future because, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to rely on, on uh, uh, you know, one type of business uh, right. over time. We hope that there's going to be more diversification. Completely the other side of the equation are communities in Quebec that uh, had traditionally had a tough time operating. Uh, Quebec was, was not a terribly business-friendly uh, environment uh, in, in the past couple of d- decades. It was uh, highly interventionist, uh, lots of regulations. Um, and to top it off, there was always that uh, uh, the specter of uh, separation. Yeah, what does that mean yeah. for uh, for the marketplace and so on? So, so businesses were unwilling to invest big time, uh, long term, in 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 that particular uh, community. Well, that changed over the past uh, ten years, where. Uh, Quebec, the, the Quebec government now has its fiscal house in order. It's it's not running deficits the way that it was uh, doing previously. It's still fairly highly indebted as a province, but uh, it's been running surpluses for almost a decade now. And uh, so this, and also the the, the 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 prospect of of a constitutional crisis uh, is is almost has has diminished tremendously you've got so much uh, more things to worry about well now. exactly but <laughs> now and also with uh, talk about uh, far-sighted uh, looking looking ahead uh, electricity prices in in Quebec are head and shoulders below <laughs> bad bad expression yeah. but uh, uh, considerably uh, less less problematic than they are in Ontario yes. uh, and uh, and in the east and what that's allowed for is that Business types, uh, the manufacturing sector, for example, the locus of, of uh, manufacturing is probably shifting from southern Ontario towards Quebec because it's just a more stable environment. Now, that's caused problems as well because Quebec businesses can't find people to work for them uh, right now. It's, it's uh, uh, more than roughly 4% of, of all jobs in Quebec are sitting vacant because people can't find the right wow. uh, skilled people or businesses can't find the right skills. Uh, or, or opportunities there, so um, so all different kinds of reasons why uh, you know some communities rise and others have uh, been fall, and it's as long as you get people talking about what are the drivers, what's uh, what can go on, how can we facilitate, uh, how can we uh, you know in, encourage more of this, then then the better because the business owners themselves will come up with the ideas uh, based on what the environment is and. Uh, our hope is that you know the most fertile ground will create the most uh, most opportunities, and and so far it looks like uh, Colin was done a great job. 
speaking about youth, um, I always look at them as the future, right? Uh, that's your investment into your future is making sure youth want to come back after they finish school, go off around the world. Uh, they know that there is an entrepreneurial community here. Uh, I think over the last five years, students in high school have become much more aware that entrepreneurship is a way to go. We got a summer intern at the Business Development Center. She's going, you know, have my friends have their own businesses this summer. Um, they're not working for anyone. That's just what they came back to town to do because that's what we do around here, mm. which is great to hear. Um, but I worry that we're not going to have enough young people coming back to continue that entrepreneurial spirit, but also provide the employees for these entrepreneurs as they grow. Um, I had one uh, business email me this morning going, I literally have turned away thousands of dollars of business because I cannot find someone that can meet the needs. And this is not your $14 an hour job. This is like 25 to 30 bucks an hour. Um, is there anything that communities um, like ours should be doing to really overtly attract youth. Um, you know, we've got the Business in Motion event coming up next Thursday that's specifically talking about the brain gain, attracting the leaders of tomorrow, that's focusing on how do we attract 15 to 34-year-old youth um, to the region. Uh, I take a look at Okotoks out in Alberta, um, small little community. They sit at uh, a very high-level percentage of 15 to 34-year-olds because they've done a great job of getting high speed into their free Wi-Fi, you name it. It's not by accident that they sit so high. Uh, is there something we should be doing more overtly to incent youth to come here, um, provide more programs, more accommodation? What, what have you seen work across the country? Well, I think some of those uh, programs you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, with, with new ways of doing business, new ways to communicate, uh, uh, if you facilitate that for uh, the uh, the rising economic class of uh, the millennials and and uh, young people starting businesses that's that's great many of the other uh, uh challenges though that this is these are are generational uh, uh developments that it takes time for these things to take place uh, uh for example there's there's tremendous numbers of self employment in the western provinces um, not just because they offer free wi fi in some communities but because it's a fairly new economy out there. I mean, it goes back 150 years. Uh, 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 and people who settled the West were, were basically entrepreneurs. They were farmers to, to start with and people who serviced the agriculture communities and then into the resource sector uh, and, and so on. So what you had was a, a system of mentorship. So anybody growing up in these communities in the, uh, you know, the turn of the last century and, uh, and, and later on, uh, either they were a uh, a son or daughter of a business owner uh, or an uncle or five or six or half of their class you know were were uh, descendants of of business owners so it was always there as a as a background that uh, hey business owner is is being a business owner is just as natural as uh, as Getting as anything job. Uh, exactly, and you know there there are plenty of opportunities uh, for people to do that sort of thing, and uh, the more that the community can instill that kind of mentorship, uh, the better. And you you cross your fingers and hope that uh, you know it means that people can come back, but it it gives people the uh, the freedom to say that uh, if if 
you know a paid career doesn't doesn't pan out, then I can always start my own firm. It's 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 tougher for some people than others, and as long as you're getting more of that critical mass of of people who are confident enough to be able to uh, strike out on their own, uh, uh, you know the the. They've, they've got the basic skills to be able to operate. They know what's involved in running a business. Uh, the service aspect is, is so important uh, to it as well. The capital is important. And that's why uh, we don't find as many young people starting businesses as older. Uh, for, the 40, your 40s is, is kind of the sweet spot for, for starting a business. You've, got you've had a job, some, you made some money, so you have some backing. Exactly. And you know what it means to run a business mm. because uh, uh, you've seen you know good cases and bad cases right. of of people just not serving their customers correctly or or uh, having the right product out there uh, so you've got a little more worldliness uh, in there but you know it, it's it's good to see and this is why we have this in our our our, our, our metrics our, our metrics uh if you have a higher number of younger people, uh, and by younger I mean under 35, uh, who are operating businesses, then something there's something about it that suggests that, uh, well, maybe the barriers to young people starting a business are a little lower, uh, and maybe there's some more mentorship going on. Maybe they, uh, uh, they've got some uh, uh, more community-minded events that, that help encourage that to take place. Uh, so it's... Uh, even though youth entrepreneurship is not a major driver of economies in in the present, uh, it it can suggest of where the future is, where it lies for uh, for the the local economy. And uh, again, one of the reasons why we we want to include that as one of the uh, the major uh, things to look for. Uh, in terms of your role as marketing director and, and director of business development. Which of these factors and some things we've talked about is going to be your biggest focus? It's interesting that you mentioned that. So we're just working on um, kickstarting a process for developing our next economic development action plan. It's going to take us uh, out over the next four and a half years. Um, and a lot of it has to do with uh, an increased focus on investment attract- attraction. Uh, investment attraction, though, can take many different forms. It can be trying to attract more entrepreneurs. It can be attracting more small businesses. It doesn't always have to mean attracting the next big company that's going to come in from Germany and set right. up uh, here. Uh, in fact, I think our entrepreneurship and momentum that we have here and the examples that we've got here speak more to the fact that you'll have an entrepreneur set up over here. Um, you know, Isowat is a great example. Three people five years ago, and now they've got over 20 people working for them, and they're expanding their building. Right? So I think that's something that we've seen work well here. That said, I think there's some fundamentals that uh, I'm certainly taking away that we need to keep our focus on, this focus on the tech cultural uh, industry um, that's certainly supported by tourism as well is something that we've got to keep a careful eye on because that supports the lifestyle, but it also supports the networking and the connectivity that entrepreneurs need to be successful. Um, certainly, the keeping our eye on the taxes is important in terms of the ratio between residential and commercial. Um, so there's the right balance there. And, I, and Ted, you spoke uh, really well about how we're doing well on that front. Um, so we have to keep a careful eye on that. And that's directly the 
within the arms mm. reach of the municipality and the town staff. Um, the other one that's an interesting one is the focus on youth. Um, and certainly the business in motion event on Thursday um, is one where I think we need to delve deeper into this. We've opened up a youth center that's specifically focused on um, job and career development. We've got uh, the summer program the Small Business Enterprise Center puts on. But I think we need to still keep our eye very focused on continuing to grow this area because that, at the end of the day, is the future. And that's within three to five years that we see the returns on that. It's not as far away as some people like to think. Um, and I think the last thing to take a look at is what are the kind of sectors that we want to be giving that extra encouragement to grow um, so that we are really focusing on developing the right balance of different sector successes here. Um, and certainly, as I mentioned, at the Business Development Center, um, it's not just about any business coming in saying, I want to start a business, but making sure that we provide them with the advice and guidance to figure out how they grow exponentially, not just incrementally. And that speaks to IP, trademarking, thinking about your business processes to make them as efficient as possible and differentiating your business from just being something that is a quick startup. But like you mentioned, Ted, that can also be a quick downgrading to a non-existent business. So um, I think those are some key priorities that we have to keep in mind as we look to developing the next economic development action plan. Certainly some interesting times ahead for our region in terms of entrepreneurship. It's nice to be in the top 10. Martin Ridloff from the town of Collingwood, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Ted Mallett from the CFIB, thank you so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks.